0: Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, my name's Jonathan Harden. Welcome to episode six of In Anything At The Minute, the Honest Actors podcast. Just a little note before I start. I was chatting to someone during the week who suggested that one of the things that was missing from the podcasts was introductions to the actors involved before the interviews commenced, i.e. a little bit about what the work they've done is or who they are and why we should know them. And I explained to the person in question, and I'm going to explain to all the rest of the listeners now as well, why I don't do that, because I've never actually um, talked about that or written about that. My feeling is that it doesn't matter who the people in the interviews are. I just like the idea of talking to actors and showing that the experience can be, in certain ways, very similar. And it sits outside of experience, it sits outside of time served, it sits outside of whether or not you've had that big brick. The important thing is that we've all failed, we've all felt miserable, we've all kept going, and uh, ultimately, we're not the only ones. So that's kind of the project in a nutshell. And that's why I don't feel the need to tell you who everybody is in advance. If you want to go and find out who they are, of course, Google is there for you. Uh, But I think, in terms of the project at least, it's nice just to let the interviews sit. And uh, I'm hoping that people won't select only the interviews which feature actors whose names they recognise. I'm hoping that, by the nature of the project, it encourages people to listen to the interviews because they're interviews with actors. That simple. Anyway... This is episode six. It was recorded way back on St. Patrick's Day 2015. It was the very first interview I ever conducted. And uh, I have to say thank you in advance to the very brave and very honest Simon Darwin. Enjoy. Um, uh, We're here in Headspace. And this, regardless of how these will end up going out, this is the first recording of In Anything at the minute. Um, Thank you, Simon for doing it. Thanks for having me. uh, It's uh, a pleasure. The first question, um, how did
1: you get into acting? Uh, I was eight years old doing um, a primary school play of Oliver and uh, wanted to be the Artful Dodger, didn't get the Artful Dodger. Oliver Thompson got the artful dodger and I played Fagin instead and uh, and was hooked. I mean that that play, I, I have memories of this this thing of going, uh, oh I, I like this. You know, I used to do a bit of singing and and all that, but I I just enjoyed enjoyed the attention. Even even then I remember feeling comfortable in front of a, a live audience, even at eight years old. Um did
0: I mean, did you like that attention then? Is that something you always liked outside of of being on stage with the, with the kind of kid that wanted to perform everywhere? Or was it... No, not
1: really. I think when I, was, when I was a lot younger, I used to do a lot of um, like mimicry and impressions and things like that and entertain the family. But then, I, but then when I got into my teenage years, I really hated all of that sort of stuff. Uh, and then I think I got a bit more confident in my 20s, but I still don't really... It's just a weird thing. Any actor will tell you. It's just, why, why do we? Why do we enjoy that attention on stage? But I certainly don't really like it off stage. But, you know. Um, and,
0: and does that mean then when you were a teenager, you kind of, you fell out of acting? Like it was something that you didn't do for a period?
1: Um, yeah, well, I, I always did it. And I did it all, like I did drama clubs and plays and all this sort of stuff. And then I would get to, um, then I got to school... And I started doing, you know, GCSEs, and I, would, you know, really had a chance to do one or two things a year. But I did have a period of about two years where I pulled away because it wasn't cool, uh, and I thought it would make my life easier to not do this. I went to a school. I'm not. It wasn't that tough a school, but I'm from a town where it's certainly not. It's not encouraged to be artistic in any way. And then I think I got to my A-levels or something and I was just like, this is madness. I love this, this is, I wanna get back into this.
0: Um,
1: So did you always have the support of your
0: family? I mean, did they, did they cut on pretty quickly that this was something that was
1: serious for you? Um, I think think so, I don't think I necessarily, I was quite arrogant and I just, it was just something that you say you're gonna do. And I didn't have any idea of what it actually entailed. my mum and and my family, I think it took them a few years before they really got that this is something that I actually make a living from. Um, but support, for sure. Um, but I think it took them a long time. Like, i have been acting professionally for a few years before they were actually like, oh, he's going to keep
0: doing this then. So what was that transition? What was the first time you went from being someone who loved being on stage but did it because they loved it to being someone who I assume still loved it, but was getting even a little bit of money for doing that.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd say about about a year after I left drama school, really, before I before I made any money. Be- because I'd already worked on the fringe. My first ever job in two thousand three was at the Old Red Lion when I was still at university, uh, for for nothing, for beans. And uh, having done that, I knew what I was getting myself in for. So. Um, I would say, when I was, when I was at university, I was, I was in my second year at uni, and I um, was part of the Sheffield University Theatre Company. And by and large, most of us are still in the profession, still going. And it was in that term that I suddenly went, right, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna really channel this, but I'm really gonna have to work for it. But I knew that I knew when I left drama school, and I left drama school with, with nothing, pretty much, um, in terms of agents and, and opportunities, um, so I was totally aware of what it was going to be. And it still, it still is exactly as I expected it to be. But for a lot of people, it is a shock, but it wasn't for me. I, I knew my expectations were so low. And so
0: jumping forward then, um, or not necessarily out of that whole period from Artful Dodger onwards, uh, what's the thing you're most proud of having been involved in in your career? Tough
1: question. Yeah, I don't know. Because my, my instinct, I, I did a, you know, I did a, a period of time at the RSC, which financially, if I'm really honest with you, was, you know, life changing, and it was a year and a half of work. So I suppose, I suppose having a four, it, it was like fourteen, fifteen month contract. So to get that and to be in that kind of work where you're constantly rehearsing, constantly performing, constantly understudying, but I'm not necessarily saying it because it's the RSC. I'm not necessarily saying it because of that. I'm just saying it because of the employment, being employed for that long. I'm I'm just very proud of that, absolutely, yeah. An agent uh, once told me, this is writing my
0: first ever segue, and then anything. An agent once told me, this is um, very smoothly done, that the only time an actor's ever happy is in the five minutes after they get the call to say they've got the part. And then from the sixth minute onwards, they start to doubt themselves. Um, Do you recognize
1: any of that in yourself? Oh, God, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought you were going to say that from the sixth minute onwards, they're then starting to worry about the next job. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's that's me. I'm in like a week into rehearsals and I'm like, hang on, I'll finish this in three months. What am I going to do next? Um, Oh, God, are you kidding me? Of course. I mean, I... I, uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to an audition this afternoon and uh, I really want it. And if I get it, it's loads of work. And, it's, and it's, it's just an incredible uh, journey of a part. But yeah, oh God, yeah. Do you enjoy auditions? auditions sorry. I do now. I love them now. What was the change, what was the? Um, I'm really glad you asked me that. Because um, I, I um, as we all do, you know, I used to put so much pressure on myself. And particularly when I was meeting big directors, directors who've had an impact on, on my life, I would get so nervous. Um, and a couple of years ago, just sort of stopped caring, um, and 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 then funnily enough, there's a there's a YouTube clip that, called Brian Cranston's advice to young actors. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. seen It's it. a minute and a half long. I can't recommend it highly enough. I teach a class at a drama school um, called Professional Practice, which is what you do when you when you leave drama school and how you go out into the business. And we played them this clip, and he basically says um, he had a cognition 18 years ago where he went. Um, I was trying to go into auditions, trying to get a job. And that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're going in, presenting what you do, saying, this is me, this is what I do. If you like it, brilliant. If you don't, don't worry about it. That's fine. You go your way, I'll go mine. Because the like the reasons that you're going to not get a job or you are going to get a job are so varied. It's just not worth your time. So now I, I go in and I... Uh, I don't, I don't care because if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And a good director knows that they're being auditioned as well. And I remember you actually—you and I had a conversation before where you said to no, me, "Oh no," you said to me, uh, "You're not auditioning. You're auditioning for the next audition." And it's just that thing. And then nine times out of ten, you get an audition, and you go, "Okay, well, I'd love—I'd love to get it. Great, yeah." But then sometimes it will be in a venue that you could kind of take or leave. And if you don't do this one, then it means you don't have to leave home. You know, things like that. So I, I, just, I just sort of think, I don't want to live my life in fear. And sometimes when you get to read for the great parts, like the one I'm going for this afternoon, it's just fun to read it. Do you, then, did you used to agonise over them? Did you used to come out and beat yourself up? But, um, yeah, you do. You used to, I used to spend a couple of days afterwards. I still do. I still come out and you still think about it. We're all human. But I just think now I just go, all right, well, onwards. I'm, I'm available now for the next one. So let's crack do you, on.
0: Do you know when it's gone well
1: on the flip side? You think you do, <laughs> in the same way that... I don't understand these people. When I hear actors say, oh, I thought it went awful and I got the job, I'm like, mm, really? I think, you, I think you know when you're, when you're not going to get it. And sometimes the annoying thing is, I've had so many good meetings and I've got nothing out of it, so, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, what, what's,
0: the, uh, what's the worst feedback you've ever been given? And I don't mean that in terms of a reflection on your acting. It could be in terms of a reflection of the feedback... <laughs> What's the worst feedback or note you've been given?
1: Um, thing is, I wish we got feedback. We don't get a lot of feedback from auditions. It would be really quite useful if we did.
0: Um, so, obviously, it's it's a learning curve. It's a constant kind of revision of how you approach things and what you do, um, and you're constantly working, and you've already said that you work hard um, before auditions. Do you think... In spite of all of that, that luck still has a part to play,
1: I think so, yeah I, I, well, you've only got to look at you know some actors that are out there now you know doing doing well i don't I think i think I think talent will out ultimately, but you've got to that you've got to keep going. Um, I know a lot of talented actors who gave up had they not given up, they would have got work eventually um, but yeah, i think I think so a lot because a lot of the time it's if you've worked with somebody they want to work with you again that's luck to us to a certain extent yeah um i do i do think so i do think so but i think that's life i think that's in any occupation
0: so um just you've referenced actors you know that you see out there i think people always expect you can look at this either way you can take solace in that or you can get frustrated but um do you then believe in the idea of a big break are you, are, are, and have you, have you had any of those? Have you had a moment where you felt like it might be your big break and
1: it's proved retrospectively not to be that? I mean, yeah, well, I, I don't believe in a big break. Absolutely not. I think Danny May has put it brilliantly. He said he didn't, he mentioned this thing about a big break and he said it doesn't exist. All you can keep doing is trying to add to your CV, try and build a body of work so that, you know, eventually people will just go, oh, wow, this guy's done, done some stuff. I don't believe in a big break. I, I, I was at a period of my life um i thought i was maybe going to take that next step up having done some quite high profile theater work uh, and it didn't happen Uh, i then did another play that was a massive success and it then transferred to a very very big theater and me and the rest of the cast were cut that could have been it that could have been it i mean i'm not you know hey look it, it happens and it happens to a lot of actors, I thought that might have been it. And I went up for and I did have a very, very big audition, which I nailed uh, about three years ago, um, and I got very close to it. But a high-profile actor suddenly became available. So, yeah, I've been close a couple of times.
0: And, and being close and, and, you know, those things, you re- we remember those moments. Um, when you're not working, do you kind of vagonize over those? Do you kind of play them back in your head and, and wish things had been different?
1: Or are you much more forward-focused than that? I think now I'm a lot more, right, what's next? Yeah. But I think that comes with time. I think it comes with age. I think that comes with experience. And you have to just constantly keep reminding yourself that there is a place for you within this industry. And the reason you've got a CV is because you're a good actor first and you need to trust, have faith in that, you know. So, so has, through these kind of, I suppose, uh,
0: the acquisition of, 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 of Ways of dealing with uh, unemployment? Has unemployment gotten easier with time?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first, I would say last year, I had uh, about six weeks between jobs and I was really glad of the break, if I'm honest with you. I was ve- that's very lucky. That's a very lucky thing to say. That's really lovely. And I completely understand how lucky that makes me sound. But I'd finished a long tour and I was knackered and I wanted my evenings back I wanted dinner in front of the telly Um, and I'd never been like that before ever and I wanted a bit of normality and I wanted a bit of domesticity as it were Um, I always always have had to work whenever I'm unemployed Um, and I'm at a place now where it's not just temping I can do a few other things here and there I can do a bit of voice work I can do some teaching which I'm starting to do a bit more of, which just keeps me a bit more sated, as it were. Yeah. But unemployment, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. But, I mean, talk to me six months down the line. If I've not worked, I might be pulling my hair out. But um, So what's then the longest period that you can remember
0: being without work? Five and a half months. Specifically five and a half? I, I, yeah, um, I can tell you almost exactly to the, from what day to what day. Uh, and... Does that coincide with a kind of a low feeling personally, like a low career point, does it necessarily mean that you felt at that time lower than
1: you had before personally? I was low then, I was, I was really low then. I wasn't even getting any meetings, I don't know why. It, just, it was just really, really quiet and I was working. <laughs> I had a brilliant job then. I was working in the archive of the British Library uh, in, in the basements and, uh, and I was working on my own. Cataloging because they were about to move everything to digital. So it was just me up a ladder with my headphones on. It was a great job. They just left you alone. But I had to work from like five o'clock in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon. It's one of those sorts of jobs. And because I was on my own, maybe that wasn't the best thing for me. And I was, just, I was just miserable. Miserable, yeah. Do you remember the job that ended that? Or more
0: specifically, do you remember the call to offer the job that ended
1: that? Well, yeah, I do. I do. I mean, if, if I'm really honest with you, it, it wasn't even a remarkable job. It was just... Um, it was just about a month, a month like R and D on something really, which just got me going. But it was a it was a, a one man piece, and it it was a good piece, and, and it just it just helped. But yeah, um, but then the, the next big call I got, yes, I remember, I remember where I was, um, and I remember the big phone calls. You remember exactly where you actually are, i.e., what street or what shop. So yeah, yeah. We've all been through those periods of unemployment, some longer
0: than others. Um, And I just wonder, uh, have you ever? And I have, and I've said this already in the in the the preview for this show. um, I have made jobs sound a little bit bigger than they actually were because I felt inadequate when I talked to some other actors. Have you ever found yourself guilty of that?
1: Yeah, of course. D- dressing it up is, 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 is the thing that I think most actors do. You've only got to look at people's spotlight CVs. <laughs> and you've only got to look at young actors' spotlight CVs when they've. It's all. There's a load of that going on. It's because everything's so much more public now, right? So the, the classic example I can give you is, is Twitter, right? I am on Twitter and I use it as a tool. It is a tool, it's a business. Tool for somebody like myself who is no profile. I'm just a jobbing actor. If I can, and I know it works because I've had auditions. Because people have seen that I've been doing things, it it works, and and it it can only help. It can't hinder me because I'm never negative on it. But yeah, I but I, I lose a bit of my soul every time I tweet as something about what I'm doing. But I do it because well, I I have to. I find myself. I find myself playing that, playing that game of letting people know that I'm working with this person and this is the production and because uh, I might as well but it doesn't sit well with me but you're right, this is the way it's going absolutely it is Yeah.
0: what's the most difficult thing about being an actor do you think? what's the hardest? you've touched on a couple of things that are difficult but what do you think is the hardest thing for you?
1: Uh, making a living you know, I want what everybody wants. I want to get married. I'd like a couple of kids. I'd like to buy a house. Maybe have a car. Maybe go on holiday once a year. You know how hard that is to do. Particularly for me, who's mainly, who's mainly a theatre actor. You know, if I I can honestly hold my hands up, John, and say to you now, you know, if I make twenty five thousand pound a year after tax, I've done it. i would take that. I would absolutely take that. But then half of it goes up the wall on rent in London anyway. But yeah, just that, just that—the fact that you don't get the life that you want, that you're entitled to. But no one's holding a gun to my head, that's the choice that I made to do it. But that is the hard, the hard it's, but I don't actually see it as hard anymore because I, just, because I love it more and more every day, the older I get. And regardless of all those things, but yeah, that is it mate, is that you don't get to live that life. You don't sound like you have. You've mentioned that you know people who've,
0: who've done it, but have you ever considered giving up? Has it ever been an option
1: for you? Never.
0: why do you think
1: that is? Because I know, probably, oh, this is gonna sound very dramatic, but it is very true. If I, if I know one thing in my life that's 100% true in my heart, is that I'm doing the thing that I should be doing. And not many people can say that. Not many people get up in the morning and say, I get up in the morning, I do the job, that when I went to bed last night I was dreaming about. And that's it. I've, I've, you know, I've found my vocation and I just, I just love it. I just, there's, there's, there's nothing else I want to be doing. I think it's the thing I should be doing. I think it's the thing that I'm best at. Um, and so by hook or by crook, that's it. Yeah.
0: You've mentioned your friends who've given up. How do you view that? Like, how
1: do you feel when a friend gives up? Um, no, nah, look, if, if, if anybody gives up this godforsaken business, then good luck to them. And they've obviously, the minute, the minute you even think about it, in my opinion, you probably should. Because the numbers are as they are, and there are a lot of people like me. Um, but also, the older you get, things change. Your, your life changes, your priorities change. Um, I, I like to think that I can always, if I'm lucky enough to get married and have kids, I reckon I could always find a way of providing through acting work and then I would also do other things on the side you know what I mean but I don't begrudge anyone I mean my god I know some amazing actors that have packed it in um, I, f- I found it very difficult when I left drama school and I'm not speaking out of turn here there was, a, there was an actress in my year who was quite extraordinary and she packed it in after six months because she was just shocked at how hard it was it's tough I completely get it In my heart, though, I was thinking, I just wish that you could have that. Because that's what I find amazing, is when I teach this class and I say to them, you know, the reality is that a third of you probably won't be doing this beyond five years, 10 years. But when they pack up straight away within a year, you sort of go, well, hang on. Somebody else could have had your place who really, really wanted it. And that's the truth about this business, is that... You've got to do it 100% and, and nothing else. There can be... I mean, a, a girl called me up yesterday that I went to university with. So that was in 2004 I graduated. She calls me up yesterday and she's asking me um, for, for tidbits. For, she's said, like, I've always wanted to be on TV. I've always been in TV dramas. I've always wanted to be on stage. How do I go about doing this? She wanted me to put it in a nutshell for her. She wanted me to give her a link to a website that she could go to and go bang. And I was like, and i didn't know what to say because it's just this thing it's just this thing of it takes it takes takes years it takes years and years and years just a quick interruption
0: from me here ...with my fortnightly request for assistance. After six episodes, the Honest Actors podcast and blog is looking for sponsors. I've said on several occasions before that this is a huge undertaking for me. I'm enjoying every minute and people have been great in terms of offering their help. But what I need now, more than anything, to keep this going... ...is someone somewhere to help to some level financially... I know there are actors in London and elsewhere in the country working in all types of organisations. And I'm sure that someone out there has an employer that could be interested in sponsoring a project like this. So if you think you work for someone like that or you know of an organisation or a company that might be interested in sponsoring uh, the Honest Actors project, then please do get in touch. Give me their email and I'll take it from there. Honestactors at gmail.com. Just putting it out there and hoping that somebody might be able to help. Anyway, that's it from me. Back to Simon. This is kind of a, a, a leap then, because we've talked about the things that, that are difficult. What is the best thing about being an actor? You mentioned dreaming and, and, and thinking about it the night before, waking up and doing it. What is it you dream about when you dream about acting?
1: Um, performance. Performance, uh, I think. Like I've mentioned earlier on, just that thing of, the, the, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's magic. It feels it feels magic still. Um, I love, I'm very fortunate, I do a lot of new writing, and I love working with writers for the first times on parts. You know, I've, I'm fortunate I've been in, like, like a, I think about 10 of my plays have been first-time plays that have then been published, and there's nothing bigger than that, to know that whenever that play is looked at, somebody's going to go, oh, Simon Darwin was the you know, first one for that. But for me, it's the stuff that happens on stage when... Uh, something different happens. That is magic.
0: Has acting, has performance, has that chemistry on stage, that craft, has it gotten easier with time?
1: Uh, I don't put as much pressure on myself in rehearsals. I used to think that I had to perform from day one and produce from day one. I now really do enjoy the rehearsal process because it is what it is and it's for that reason so that you can screw around and you can try things Um, yes I I think so I think I've got more confident and I think I've got more uh, I think I sit in the business a lot easier now Um, uh, and I think yeah I think I I deal you deal you learn to because there is a lot of pressure this is what people never seem to understand you know when you can particularly when you compare film and TV actors to theatre actors you know the pressure's enormous, actually, and particularly on press nights and things like that. You could, you could kill an entire production, you know, you, which the producers put this money into and the critics, and it's all about the critics, sadly. I think they're gonna be gone soon, um, but it, it's all about the critics at the minute. And yeah, that pressure, but you just, you've eventually, you've you just kind of got to go, you get better at taking the leap of faith, which is to walk on stage and just go, balls to it. Let's just see what happens.
0: So, if you could have anybody's career, past or present, could be one of the people you've listed already, could be somebody different. If you could have a career of someone past or present, um, who might that be? What kind of career would you, would you like to have? Oh, wow.
1: Um, somebody who is able to split, split it 50 50, film and TV. Paul Higgins um he does that quite well um wouldn't mind Jamie Ballard's career because he just plays all the great roles on stage uh, and he's a brilliant actor um yeah how do you how do you define success uh make, make it a living making every penny that you make from, is from acting has that changed over time yeah what
0: was what was success whenever you were younger? Uh, the RSC, all the time, all the time. But now it's just making a living from acting. Yeah, that's that to me is, is success. Yeah. Um, so if you could go back to that point when you you know you wanted to work at the RSC all the time and that was realistic, mm. um, what advice would you give that young man if he was sat here now? What would you say to him? What?
1: what pearls of wisdom could you drop from the present back to the past uh, don't, don't spend all your money put your tax money aside um, <laughs> um, just keep the faith keep the faith mate and uh, it, it's, it's going to be a long it's going to be a long one Darwin you're going you're gonna to have to crack on mate um, don't be expecting too much, but, 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 but know that, you know, just working, just having people call your agent and ask for you, and working. I mean, I, I've tore the arse out of this country, you know? And, and, I, and I wouldn't change it for the world. And I, and I was talking to an actress last night on the way back from the theater, and, and you sort of, you know, you realize that you, if you keep doing your thing, if you keep your table in order, people will notice eventually. And if you can't, get in at the Donmar or the Almeida or the court, but yet you get offered a fantastic part at the Watermill, you do it. Do it for the part, not for the profile. Do it for the work, man. And the, minute, and the day you forget that, and I did, I had to have a word with myself recently. The minute you forget that... Because Daniel Evans just had this big thing recently, I don't know if you saw it, he had said a big article in the stage saying all these young, high-profile actors that come out of drama school and sign with the big agents, they'd rather not work and be available and, and go out to LA for pilot season which is a punt um, or to do a little bit on skins or whatever else or to do these sort of high profile TV things they won't go out to the regions and play parts that they are not even auditioning for offered he's like come to Sheffield but um, the the regional theatres they, they should be able to just have their pick but people don't people don't want to go and do it I remember I remember um, there was a production of of Crap's Last Tape in Hull and there was quite a long process to try and get it's it's whole Truck it's Crap that whole truck it's better than that in the world you know this this is not something that should be an issue go and work man how could you ever not want to go and play great parts in great buildings and that's something that I've had to really I had to check myself with that recently because I was like should I oh god I should be in London I should more or should be available or whatever else and then it was like but it's it's an incredible part man yeah it it
0: occurs to me just as you're saying that one of the things um about acting is that you get too old to play parts and i think one of the things sad about you know young actors not working or choosing not to work rather is that they might not get those offers for those particular parts are you kidding me yeah um like, I, you know, I, I recently got a call for an audition for Translations, which is the first play I ever saw. Not recently, it was about a year ago. It's a classic actor, you know, condensed time to make yourself sound more successful. But a year ago, maybe more, I got a call about Translations to go in and be seen for it. And I thought, brilliant, Owen, which is the younger brother. And it was Manus, who's the older brother, which is a fucking brilliant part. <laughs> but there was a moment when I went, oh, fuck, I'll never play Owen. Yeah, man. What parts or part, and you're not an old man, right, by any, by any means, get in what, there. what parts
1: do you think, fuck, never gonna happen? Oh God, well, I don't, well, for a, a few more years, Hamlet, you know, I mean, I, that's the only one that I would do. Unless you get really famous and you're allowed to play them when you're 50, yeah, you yeah. know? Well, yeah, <laughs> I know, I, I don't, All oh, there's, there's a, I mean, there must be, well, I, I should never be a history boy, love. <laughs> um, uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I think. I think you know. Give it. Give it ten years and ask me that question, and I will be furious because there's there's a few. Then, like, you, you know, you Jimmy Porter. If you're doing that at forty, you're pushing it. Uh, Jamie Tyrone from Long Day's Journey into Tonight, You put or Edmund, it, it, for that matter. You, you know, you're, you're pushing that. Um, Hal. <laughs> not. That. But then I get. But then I'm not. I don't really have yearnings to, to play kings anymore. <laughs> if, I, if I'm, honest, if I, you know, if I'm honest, be so, a, but uh,
0: so let's take it out of you then for a second if you could change one thing about the industry in which we work if you could just you know if you were appointed king you don't want to play kings, but if we appointed you king of the industry and that could be TV or film or theater or all
1: what would you change that uh, you you'd be able to you'd be able to play theatre roles because of who was the best actor not because of who'd been in EastEnders <laughs> um, and, and more money for theatre actors as well okay um, that's a little stipend that I had to throw in there because that, that made, well you're king you can do what you want yeah. right? you know, but, I mean, but, but realistically I'm not asking for a lot but I do think an extra £100 a week for an actor's contract would, would be the difference
0: I think we should ask for two and then we'll work our way 200 right, we'll fine. ask for two uh, Simon Darwin That's my my interrogation over. Um, Thank you very much for being my first uh, test subject. Um, Hopefully, I haven't fluffed it too much. And that's it from me for a fortnight. Before I go, another quick thank you to Simon Darwin for being the willing first guinea pig in this experiment. Thanks also to the guys at Headspace and Hatton Garden for very generously allowing me one of their spaces in which to record this interview and several subsequent to this. So thank you to all at Headspace. And to everybody else, uh, between now and the next one coming out in a fortnight, don't forget the blog, www.inanything.com forward slash blog. It's a consequence of the response to my request a few weeks ago for guest articles, I'm now upping the rate at which content gets published, so it's well worth a visit. www.inanything.com forward slash blog. You can also follow on Twitter at Honest Actors, like on facebook.com forward slash Honest Actors, and please do join the mailing list on the website. Until next time, thanks for listening. Speak to you soon. And uh, Oliver Thompson, is he still acting?
1: Never a day in (laughs) his life. Hey, it's
0: Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag, say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.